As a small business owner, you're redefining business as usual. From rethinking the way you work to reassessing your bandwidth, you're changing the way you do business. And at Cox Business, so are we. With flexible internet packages to get you back to business. Rethink. Reconnect. Reimagine. Get 50 megs of internet for only $50 per month for six months. No annual contract required. And it's 93020. Restrictions apply. Visit coxbusiness.com for details. All services subject to Cox Business general terms. is up everybody this is scott yeager here with another edition of challenge mania this episode is brought to you by challenge mania live miami florida it is saturday december the 21st we are going to be joined by josh martinez who just went home on this episode of the challenge but a very hard fought battle on war of the worlds part two for josh nani gonzalez who is still kicking on war of the worlds part two ct tamborello who is still in there looking to win his third championship and the guy we are roasting and honoring and giving his hall of fame ring this saturday in chicago mark long the Godfather, also in the house, all at the Miami Improv on Saturday, December the 21st. You can get tickets to that at ChallengeMania.live. And surprisingly so, there are still a handful of VIP meet and greet tickets left. So if you want to meet CT, want to meet Mark, want to meet Nani, want to meet Josh, don't be a meatball. Head to ChallengeMania.live and celebrate the holidays with Challenge Mania Live. All right, you didn't come for me. You came for D. We'll get to D in a minute. He's not here right now. I'm recording this intro by myself because D had to run and go pick up his son. We went a little long. Mr. Calafiori. Pauly Calafiori joining us on the show to break down this season of War of the Worlds 2 so far and uh, the dynamic between him and Kara and Tori and Jordan, his respect for Jordan, uh, a lot of the game moves he's made along the way. Very fun conversation with Mr. Calafiori, as always. want to take a quick moment to thank our pod squad, the patrons, over at patreon.com slash challengemania. That's where we do the War Room. That is where we do a podcast every Wednesday after War of the Worlds 2 gets off the air. But that's also, guys, that's the lifeblood of our show. We can't do what we do without our patrons and this week was thank you patrons week thank you patrons day it's something they do over there at patreon hashtag thank you patrons we gave away a ton of stuff this week to some of our longest running patrons just some we picked out of uh random uh drawing just to kind of thank you guys and and give back to you guys because without them there's no challenge mania so Thank you, guys. Next episode, we will shout out a bunch of the new patrons we've gotten. I will spare you guys. You will get a razor-sharp, razor-thin intro this week leading into Mr. Pauly Calafiore. We're going to get right to it. Go to challengemania.shop to get your stuff today. Remember, challengemania.live is where you can get tickets to all your favorite shows. We're coming to Nashville on January 25th. You can get tickets to that. Almost sold out meet and greet there. And on April the 4th, we are coming to Tampa. WrestleMania weekend. We're coming to Tampa, Florida, the Tampa Improv. Tickets will go on sale for that the first week of December. Still time to become a patron because, as always, patrons get the first crack at our tickets. Also want to remind you that if you are a Challenge Maniac, you need the I'm a Challenge Maniac pin. That's right. It's limited edition. They're signed by me and D, and the only place to get them is Zombiesailor.com. Go to Zombiesailor.com today and pick up your pin. If you're listening to this podcast, if you consider yourself a Challenge Maniac, you need it, dude. As I mentioned, you didn't come for me. You came for D. You came for P, a.k.a. Pauly Calafiore. Let him hear it, folks. If you enjoy him on the show, as always, you know where to find Pauly on Twitter, at Paul Calafiore underscore, and thank him for being candid and open, as always. I think this might be his uh, best appearance on the show, if you ask me. All right, guys, uh, I'll uh, talk to you again in the outro. Peace.
bro, I don't know how many times I can sit there. Like, I get excited when I see people like Brad and Derek and Darrell tweet shit like, bring all three of us back. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, because it was so fun <laughs> competing against Jordan all season because I'm like, finally. I'm like, finally. I was like, somebody who came in and lived up to the hype. I'm like, come on. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I like it. Yeah, let's yeah. get let's get let's get into that. Let's start. Oh, let's we can, we yeah, can, let's... You can just keep you can just keep it rolling from there. From well, you pick a spot right there, Scott. Because yeah. man, Brad Brad went off last night, y'all. I mean, I know Jordan went off, but after the, the episode was over, Brad went out there and was just like Brad Darrell Derek versus the world. <laughs> like, Dude, oh. honestly, like I mean, I I would love that, man. Like I just like in my opinion, it, it like I just feel like the game would be so much more respected and there wouldn't be so much of this um, social media smack talk, you know, and there would be more of like a respect and a homage to the competition aspect of the show where it's like, you know, I'm starting to feel like, you know, winning on this show, like all of a sudden makes you the, you viewed in a negative way by, you know, by certain people. And, uh, and it's like, then it gives the people who essentially lose a right to then cyber bully people nonstop because it's like, oh, look, the edits in my favor or whatever you want to call it. But like, oh, look, this is happening. Uh, let me go to Twitter and go to this. And I'm just like, man, that just like, that won't, that don't happen. You know, like if, if, if there's some of the old schoolers who actually work out in the off season, my biggest complaint has always been like, please send me some, OGs who like still train like animals in the off season where like they show up and I'm sitting there being like, yo, I better be on top of my A game. Otherwise, um, they're going to clip me, you know, but it's almost like, you know, even from a, a social game and strategy standpoint, I mean, like looking at this season, it was just overall sloppy on the other side. Um, and I'm not just saying that because it's like, because I'm at the point where I'm at now in the season, I'm saying that because if you watch back the season, there are some key moments where the other alliance could have capitalized and completely shifted the game. But what nobody sees is all this behind the scenes work that was being done. And now I thought of every single scenario before every decision was made, before every strategy was put in place where I'm like, okay, what could be the consequence of making this decision? Okay, so how do I protect that consequence from happening so that the percentage of it happening is very low risk? Um, and that's how I did. I mean, look, case in point, one of the major things, and I don't need to go into every little one, but one of the main things was that double elimination. If Theo and Georgia switch sides, the game is completely changed because then the numbers on the U.S. side are completely shifted. The U.S. is going to continue winning. And then they get to pick and choose who they want to throw in, right? So that was a situation that I had the foresight of seeing and went up to, um, you know, Rogan and CT and all of them. And I was like, look, I understand Esther is going to nominate herself. That's fine and dandy. I said, it's time to vote Kyle in because if you guys vote Theo in because of the numbers, I said, they're both going to switch sides. They're both going to say, screw you guys, screw you guys. So what you guys need to do is 
you need to start pumping up Theo and Georgia. Like, yo, finally we're, we're getting rid of the dead weight. Like we're team UK now we're this, we're that, you know? And like, you know what? You're going to win this elimination because the Americans are afraid of you guys and they're going to throw you in. Right. And by doing that simple thing, that simple like social strategy of, of having them talk up Georgia and Theo, that when we picked them to go into that elimination and they won, they felt as if they were doing their country a service by going back to the UK side because the, you know, the loyalty factor, like if you notice the UK super loyal to their country, like Theo and bear were getting thrown down left and right. And they kept going back. Same with Georgia. Um, I mean, they have a queen. Yes. I mean, but 100% like, but you have to know your enemy and you have to know your strategy. And that's the whole part of this game is I knew that that was something that the, the UK side, held dear to them was loyalty and like, you know, uh, death before dishonor in, in terms of like being a traitor to your country, which is why they kept being like, you know what? I'm not going to throw, I'm not going to throw my team under the bus. I'm going to go back. Yeah. You know, and, and, and all, 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 all worst, the leader of your team is from the U S side. The leader of your team is arguably the best player in, in challenge history from the United States. CT. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, no, when we're talking about, are you talking I get about Jordan it. I, or CT? No, I'm talking about CT because yeah. you talk about still earlier on in the game where it mm-hmm. was like, no, I'm going to go back to my country. And, you know, them kind of forget, you know, going with the loyalty before understanding that it's it's a game. It's, it's, it's a game. It's, it's a chess game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Sorry. Uh, I like, I'm loving your analysis. Scott, it's, I don't know if you want to jump it's, in. But. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a chess game, man. And, like, the thing is, I was one of the f- only people in the beginning before uh, shots started getting fired. I was trying to get Johnny and Wes to work together. I was like, guys, this should be the season where you guys team up, put all your history, all your BS to the side. We would be unstoppable. We would be unstoppable, guys. I said – there's no division. I said, I'm coming in here, open eyes, open ears to whatever. I said, even if you guys want to band together because you hate how much I'm trying to get you guys to work together and you can pull the trigger on me, I don't care. I said, just work together. We're going to smoke these fools and we'll sail our way to victory every single challenge. Um, and, uh, and, and it's so upsetting that the reason what set this divide and what set the dominoes in motion was just a simple vote of who we wanted to go in. And one half of the room interpreted that the wrong way. And I explained numerous times to um, that whole other alliance. I said, guys, I'm voting for Theo, not because I don't think that Joss or Theo is one better than the other. I said, I'm voting for Theo because this is my second season with Joss. Uh, it's my second season with Theo. I owe Joss for screwing him over in Final Reckoning. So in in my own weird way of how I view the game, I always look at it where I'm like, if I screw somebody over, um, the next season they 100% have the right to screw me over however they see fit, um, or I can try and repay my debt um, by some kind of act of nobility um, or and loyalty. Uh, and that is what I decided to do with Joss this season. I said, look, um, you could take out your revenge if you want 1000% and I would understand it. And I would shake your hand afterwards and be like, you did it. I said, or you can let me repay my loyalty to you. You're taking a risk 100%. 
Um, but let's see how it plays out for you. And um, aside from him getting purged, I mean, he was, he's, he, he was sitting in a very good spot. Um, and that vote was easily explained. And that kind of set off the paranoia where I was like, look, I was like, it's not a split vote because there's alliances formed. I said, it's a split vote because yeah, Wes is talking to some people on the other side. Yeah. Bananas. You're talking to some people on the other side, but all these other people that really don't have a home, um, we're just kind of voting based off of our own past experience in the game. Cause we don't have crazy history. Um, so it sucks that that's what set off the motion. Um, you know, but even after they pulled the trigger on Wes and I love Wes, like that's my, fu- that's my boy. Um, outside of the game too. Like I talk to him almost every day about business, about life, about whatever, about not being a hothead anymore, like whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I look at him like, a like, like someone that, you know, kind of grooms me, not just in the game, but outside of the game. And when they pulled the trigger on him, I even sat there and I was like, you know what guys, like, you know, he was playing a little bit of sloppy game. Like I understand if that threw you guys off, but let's not do it anymore. But then when they threw that next challenge, um, and started lining the shot up, uh, in, in a direction that I saw was like, oh, okay, well, if this shot's going this way at car or ninja, then the next shot on guys day is coming at me. So it's a good thing. I have a great relationship with Idris because I treated him like a human for the first week in the challenge house, rather than just running up to him and trying to intimidate him with numbers being like, if you don't vote this way, we're coming after you. I was just like, look, man, do whatever you want. Whatever's going to save your ass. I don't care. This is what I've learned in my short seasons here. This is the knowledge I'm going to give to you. I 100% will ride or die for you if you make this uh, decision. Um, and, and that's it. And then he, he did. They weren't expecting Laurel to go in. She did. And it, that right there completely changed the momentum of the game. And once you see your enemy uh, wobbly, and and daisy eyed because you just hit them with a punch that they weren't weren't expecting. You come with the knockout, and the next knockout unfortunately was lying to my team, and uh, and then cutting off the other head of the snake. It was 100% a strategic move that anybody would have taken. And uh, you know if there's any couple in that house, you know you could ask Jordan right to his face. I asked him right to his face. I said, if the same moves were being made to get you and Tori out, what would you do? He goes, I chopped the head off the snake. And I go, boom, that's all I needed to hear. Even though I didn't let him know what I was going to do, that was the blessing that I needed to know. All right, I'm doing it, you know, period. Um, I think that, you know, it's funny for the last few seasons, I think Kara, the, the sort of narrative has been that she's had to be more of a loner in the game and yourself, obviously on the first season you did being in the redemption house, you and Natalie kind of working your way up from the bottom and whatnot. Last season, it seemed like you guys were in the middle there, but definitely not dominating the social game by any means this season. All of a sudden though, they're literally referring to it as Kara's cult, but I guess by extension, Kara and Pauly's cult and uh, Kaylee did come on our show and say that you know she deserves a little bit of the credit for that alliance as well but either way can you tell me what you attribute the success this season from a social perspective to because it to me it's a little out of nowhere if all you do is follow social media you would think that nobody likes you guys whereas you guys have run pro- 
honestly, to me, the most successful season long alliance that I've seen on the show in, I don't, I can't even tell you how long since probably like the big team season days. Um, you guys have just been running this game with an eclectic group of people that I can't really pinpoint what you all have in common is. So what is that? How did you connect with all these people, including some per, one person who came on our show last year and spent two hours bashing your girlfriend? Go ahead. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you know, man, like I, I've said this a lot and you know, whatever interviews of mine get shown, like that's just the luck of the draw. But in my first season, um, you know, I spoke a lot about how I, um, planned on building Natalie up in order to, uh, have zero fear of eliminations because ultimately she's a competitor and she can compete, but the pressure of an elimination is a different kind of pressure than just performing in a daily or performing in a final. <clears throat> All eyes are on you. You got people that may, may want you to come back, may want you to stay. Coming into this season, I said coming in, I was like, you know, it, take whatever cheesy, inspirational uh, quotes you want from whatever successful coaches um, and legends of sports that you've ever watched. Um, I basically said the best way to – run a successful team and run a successful operation is to figure out all the personality types, figure out which personality types clash with one another, uh, figure out which personality types mesh with one another, and then figure out how you can coach all those egos and all those personality types. Um, I think I've had a lot of experience in that. I've been the captain of every single team I've been on wrestling teams, uh, soccer teams, any team you want to say, you know, and, any club I've ever been in, you know, I've been either the president or whatever. And when we saw how this game was kind of lining up and Cam and I came together in that second episode, I went to Cam, Cam went to me. I said, look, I said, you don't owe me anything. I said, I called you out last season. I said, I sent you home. I said, looking at how this is looking, I said, everybody who doesn't have a home, is going to get clipped off one by one. I said, I respect your intelligence. I respect your confidence. I respect you as a competitor. Um, you're a fellow Jersey uh, resident. You're a fellow Rutgers alumni. Uh, and you're a fellow Scorpio. I said, so those three things right there, let me know that you'll understand every move I'm making and you're not going to get paranoid or scared or confused or anything. And you will call me on my BS if I have BS. And if a plan of mine is is not going to it doesn't sound smart or good you're going to give me 100% honest feedback and we're going to come up with a solid plan and right then and there we didn't speak again until after certain moves were made and we just did our homework i said you do your homework on your side gather the people you need to gather i'm going to do my homework on my side i'm going to gather the people i need to gather my first target was um, Ashley because I, I've never had a problem with Ashley. Um, you know, I've never really I, I haven't been on the show long enough to have a problem really with anybody other than the people that, I, you know, come after me on social media um, and come after me in the game. Um, and uh, and that right there was the the the, the first point where it was an unwritten thing. And now Kaylee's one of my best friends outside of the game. Joss is one of my good friends outside of the game. Um, but coming into the game, we were like that whole, 
you know, like when you play your friends on another team, you're like, Hey guys, yeah, we're all friends, but good luck this season. Like, you know, we'll see who makes it to the end, you know, may the best competitors win. Um, but then seeing the way the game was lining up to be played, that changed the complete dynamic of everything. And I made sure I wanted to mend the relationship with Ashley and Cara immediately. Um, how, did you, first... how did you go about doing that? Because I can't even <clears throat> uh, mend a relationship with her because she doesn't like me for when she came on my podcast to bash Cara. How did, how did her and Cara mend things before she and I do? I don't understand. <laughs> Here's the thing, Scott. Scott, you can't you can't get her a million dollars, bro. You you guys ain't team. You guys, there's no potential. You guys teaming up. I don't know if you've seen the Challenge Mania shop, D, but we're pushing about six (laughs) figures this month. Uh, You didn't come for me. You came for D T-shirts. Yeah, he's clearly lying. He's clearly lying, and that's not going to get Ashley to come back. Um, But yeah, obviously, Scott. I'll answer that question, then he can answer the question, but. First of all, a common enemy. Second of all, Ashley's not dumb. Like, th- like she saw basically what what Paulie said was that if you don't have a home, you're going home. So you need to you better find a home. And Ashley found a home within you know whatever you want to call it, Cara's cult, Cam's court, Camp Pauly. I don't know what you want to call it, what they're calling it these days, but it's one of those three, and they're all together. And the lavender lady's smart enough to come over and say, nah. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. And and it was 100% that, like, I knew Ashley was a smart gamer. But I also, the one thing that people fail to do when they come and they play this game is they fail to learn each and every person who they play the game with. And I'm not talking about stuff that you can understand from watching the show. I'm talking about if you get to that show and you are not sitting there and observing every single person. Uh, when I walk through those doors, as soon as I get to the airport, I'm observing everybody. I'm observing their body language. I'm observing who they're talking to, who they're making eye contact with, everything. It's almost like a poker game being played right there. And I'm sitting there trying to see who's going to give away what just from the slightest little bit of uh, interaction. Like who's trying to hide that they're actually going to be working together this season. Then once we get into the game, you can only go by tangible actions. So you can't go by what you are perceiving. You can only go by, okay, this action happened. I see all this happening. This action happened. Okay, so I'm going to come to a educated conclusion that this is what's going on. And then I'm going to I'm going to then cause an action that can then see if my hypothesis is true. So case in point, it's like, okay, let's see how everybody reacts if all of a sudden Laurel's the one who goes in instead of Kara. Okay, I sat there on the on the, in the stands and I watched everybody who was cheering for who. Everybody clocked it right then and there. Done. At that point, I said, "There's no turning. There's no coming back." I also clocked everybody who stayed quiet, 100% silent, and I clocked that and I said, "Okay, these are the ones riding the fence." So if I can get enough power, I can pull them over to my side. If you remember, Ashley didn't vote. Um, with Cam, Carr, and myself to vote Laurel in because I had the conversation with Ashley as well as Jordan, as well as Tori, as well as Zach, because Zach wanted Laurel out. Jordan wanted Laurel out, you know what I mean? But they were somewhat of a group. And Josh was the deciding vote on whether they were going to vote with me in that tribunal or whether they were going to vote with the other group, that tribunal, right? And I didn't know, you know, it's like, 
one Benedict Arnold can 100% almost ruin your game. And I'm glad that I caught it early, which once again, if, if Josh was a smart player, um, he wouldn't have pulled the trigger that early. And I, and I tried to warn him against it because he could have played both sides for a much longer time. But once he pulled that trigger and then once he didn't uh, vote for someone who threw the challenge, I was like, well, that strikes one, that strikes two. And, you know, you don't get a third strike with me because the third strike means that I am out of the game. So you get two strikes when you're well, in the game. Well, to, to play a devil's advocate a little bit here, I mean, he was kind of getting disrespected a little bit, was he not? I mean, he, he was, he did, did he not like get shit without on, a, you know, like without a doubt, like, without people, a doubt, like say words getting... that you just don't say when it, you're like, especially on national television, you know what I mean? Like, you know you what know, I'm saying? I, I mean, I've, I feel as though he was getting disrespected, right, to the point where, um, you know, Wes uh, had said things about him on War of the Worlds 1 that he watched back and he wasn't happy with. And I completely understand that. There's a long list of things that people say about me, not nice, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's in their interviews, whether it's there at the house, Um and the one thing that I was trying to get through to him that I had learned after, um, you know, being, I guess, like bloodthirsty on War of the Worlds 1 was, hey, take it from me. Revenge is a meal better served cold and, and you'll get your revenge. But for the benefit of our game, you and me, because you're coming in saying you're my number one, you're my ride or die, Polly. And I'm sitting there being like, I'm going to do the same for you. Um, when that is the case, I mean, look, take notes from Leroy. Leroy has been put in more fuck bad situations um, than anybody because of who he's attached to. Right. And Leroy never goes against the plan when it comes to when it comes to him. Yeah, right? yeah but he yeah, but he went ahead and jumped ship earlier this season, too. But once again, that I was working on that, like it, this stuff, it doesn't come like just all of a sudden, oh my God, jump shit. Like, that's not how this works. I mean, Derek, you've played the game before. Like I sat oh. there and I woke, I woke up every morning before everybody else and went right to work. And then I would go to bed and that's when I would stop working. You know what I mean? I went to work every single morning. That's how I, you know, groomed myself this season. I said, "What are you doing in the morning? You're wake you, up, you're making someone's favorite breakfast for them, kind of sliding it in front of them, being like, where's your head at today?' Like, what do you mean when you say you're going to work? Uh, like socially, Probably. I think you mean. Is a, that, yeah. Quite, what are you doing? Quite possibly, Scott. Quite possibly. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's making coffee for this one and that one, and poss- quite possibly the furthest one on his list. The furthest one. On, on his team, he may be making coffee for. Am I right or wrong, Paulie Califiori? Look, man, I, I did it with everybody, even my enemies. <laughs> even my enemies. That's what I'm saying. Man, because, so, like, yes. when, when you're playing this kind of game, and, you know, once you see, like, it's not War of the Worlds 1, right? War of the Worlds 1 was, was easy. I didn't need friends or an alliance because I was like, well, I'm just going to keep winning all these dailies. And if I go down to an elimination, I'll win that. And then I could eventually just win my way to a final. And, I was damn near perfect at doing it until I got purged right before the final. My neck still hurts from that. And I still, and I still think I'm hearing things, uh, every now and then from my head hitting the water that many times. Um, you know, but like, 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 you know, like after last season, I was like severely banged up. Like my neck 
didn't feel good until halfway through this next season. My head didn't feel good until halfway through this season that's airing now. Um, and this season, once I saw, uh, the way it was going to be played out, I said, all right, Paulie, I was like, this season is going to be one, not just with your physical stuff. Because I mean, if you look at the dailies, I'm still bringing it every single daily. You know, you can't sit there and be like, oh, Paulie's not competing. I'm competing every single daily. I'm one of the top performers, if not the top performer every single daily um, this season. I just was like, wow, this season is going to be one with your brain. And the way you're going to make it to the end is with your brain. So every morning it was a strategic conversation with everybody. But mainly my job, to go back to your question, Scott, to wrap it up and tie it together My main job, aside from setting all the groundwork, was keeping everybody together and keeping them from getting paranoid. And that was a full-time job in itself, just making sure I'm having the conversations, being like, guys, it's all right. Trust me. Stick to the plan. We're going to make it to the end. Trust me. Stick to the plan. We're going to make it to the end. I guarantee you, like even with Ashley, before before she was there, I was like, look, stay hidden. Protect yourself. You're going to do what you got to do to protect your game. I said, but trust me, when the time is right, you'll know and you'll come and you'll, and you'll, and you'll ride with me. And when the time was right, she knew and she came and she rode with me. Leroy was one of the only people. So nobody knows this happened. If you pay attention every time there's a night out, I sit in the same corner every night. I never drink because I never want to be wasted. I sit in the corner and I observe like an old school mafia boss who just sits in the corner and just looks at everything. And after they pulled the trigger on Wes, they taunted us the entire bus ride to that next challenge. That whole group taunted us, like laughed at us, was saying that, you know, oh, ooh, you guys are all scared. Who's going to go against who next? Blah, 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 blah. And that night when we went out, after they threw the challenge, I remember certain people coming. Nobody came near our near me or car except for Idris, right? Because everybody else was afraid to be seen talking with Car and I because the other alliance threatened them, saying, "If you're talking to Car and Polly, you're next." And I remember that. And I remember people sitting there being like, "Look at them! Look at them sitting in the corner, so miserable. They're just miserable people. They're shitty." And I said, "All right," I said. Well, there's either two ways to get me out of this game in an elimination, which, you know, say what you will about me or how I play the game. Nobody's taken me out in the past three seasons that I've done. I've taken myself out. I've either I've either lost in a final or I got purged right before final. So that's it. And, you know, there's a lot left on the table that I can't talk about. But it's like people have the opportunities to throw me in. People have the opportunities to call me out, but they don't. That first elimination wasn't supposed to be Idris going down to the uh, proving ground. That was supposed to be me. That hall brawl against Bear, that wasn't supposed to be Joss going down to the proving ground. That was supposed to be me. But when people show up to eliminations and they see something and they see the competitor that you might be going against, they think twice about calling your name. And that's a level of respect that I've gained as a competitor just from being who I am on the show. And I shut that down whenever I'm off the show, but when I'm there, I'm locked in 100%. And I don't forget who makes mistakes and I don't forget who says certain things because sometimes the decision comes down to, man, both of these people have fucked me over uh, so far this game. Who, who, which one holds more weight, you know? And that's how I make my decisions is what have you done to me in the past? What have you done in this current game? If the, if the slates wiped clean and uh, what is going to get me to the end? 
And honestly, everybody that wants to call me a liar and say I'm unloyal, well, half the house can say that, yeah. But the other half of the house, I think they'd say I'm pretty trustworthy and loyal and honest because I was honest with them the whole game. And, so and on top of, and on top of that, just to get, just to get this straight, since we're at still at, we're at the beginning of how this all started. Um, Scott, get your people, get your people magazine, your magazine, your people, <laughs> your people <laughs> magazine people ready for this one. Okay. Um, so what you're saying is at the beginning of this game, you wanted to, to ride this entire challenge out with Johnny and Wes in the end becoming Paulie, Austin, uh, Johnny champions. Well, hold on a second. That was their initial thought. And, and Jordan, Jordan was also on the team. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And, and once I saw that that kid was an ace, I mean, I was like, man, I was like, we are, I was like, we're unstoppable. There's no way. And, and, and in my head, I was like, this is it. This is the game plan. The game plan is continue to win when we lose, throw in our weakest player. And then they'll probably throw in one of our good players. And, you know, some of the smarter players in the game were trying to set themselves up on the other side to make sure that if we did lose, that their name wouldn't get called. But ultimately, that's how I wanted to ride this season out was with all of them to the end. And uh, like I was I was genuinely disappointed when when things turned out the way they did. But, uh, you know, when you're in that game, like you can't. You know, you can switch off for a little bit, but you switch off for too long and your head's on the chopping block. Um, so that that's what it was. My my intent was to ride the season out, um, be crowned, a, you know, a challenge champ with some of the greats. Um, and then, you know, the pieces started falling and I was like, oh, man, I was like and, and it seems like, you know, once uh, you cut off certain heads of the snake, more heads pop up. And I kept sitting there being like, guys, like we can all align on a similar thing here. But then the arguments would come being like, well, no, we think uh, Cora and Ninja are the weakest girls. And I'm like, you guys aren't being honest with yourselves, are you? If you think Cora and Ninja are the weakest girls here, you're out of your mind, you know? And then they'd say stuff like, oh, you know, Leroy's the weakest guy here. And I'm like, what? I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, like, guys got history. I'm like, shit. I'm like, throw me in before you throw Leroy in damn you know and that like just out of respect for the sense where i'm like you know like leroy's a good dude he's the only guy that came up to me when the numbers were against us and was like look bro it's a numbers game man and you on the wrong side of the numbers and i was like all right yeah man i understand that i said but i appreciate you being real with me i said and, and i remember that and i 100 percent remember that the second that um we clipped uh second head of the snake um first thing i did is i went to leroy and i said look man I know that this happened. I said, but you and me, we're good. I was like, you ain't never done nothing to me and I'm not going to do anything to you. I said, and whether you trust that or not, we'll let this play out. I said, but I guarantee you, I'm not going to go against you. Just in case uh, there's people listening whose knowledge of reptilian anatomy isn't up to par. Who, who is the snake and who make up the two heads of that snake? I mean, look, there were multiple heads of the snake and, um, you know, I, I'm really not getting into it. I'm I'm tired of talking about certain people that'll just turn it into a Perfect. whatever false narrative they want Perfect. to run with. I didn't mean to bring you back to the beginning. Uh, I, I really want to get into this episode, actually, Scott. I've got a ton yeah. of questions for him, man. Uh, but it it was it, it it was interesting for me to hear that like he wanted Wes and Johnny to work 
work it work together at the beginning ultimately possibly you know making it to the end with them you know out, out of the guy has respect for uh, you know the history of this game we've talked to him multiple times he has respect for you know the the ogs and the legends and stuff like that and you know he was forced to take a different side and now he is at the top of he is at the top of the hill. He's the king of the castle currently on this challenge. Well, I don't know. Jordan's really stealing the show. We will get into oh, that. Respect for him man. too. But, I mean, God, but you, you saw that elimination, dude. But, man, that was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen in my life. But he he's literally saying, "Yes, I'm going into elimination. The numbers are against me. I don't give a fuck who it is." And Paulie's over here, like with his backpack on, just getting home from fucking. You know, from set, like, all right, you know, obviously you don't have anything to worry about. You're, like, talking to the tribunal, just chilling, like, ah, uh, yeah, you guys can go with Rogan if you want, or you can go with Josh. I don't – it's it's up to you guys. It's 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 really just up to you. I, it doesn't really matter to me. I'll just – I'll let you guys work on that homework. I'm going to go uh, get a jog in and some good food, and I'll, I'll meet you guys at the <laughs> thing t- tonight. So it's like you're literally at telling them what they can and can't do. That's – how on top of the game you are right now. So, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a method of communication, right? And Um, and by the way, and by the way, sorry, sorry, one more time, but this is high level gameplay. This is high level gameplay that we're talking about. Scott, like he's got this shit figured out from like people's mannerisms and body movements and who they talk to, who they whisper to and who they cheer to in eliminations. Like, He's good, and that's why he's calling the shots. During the morning rush, Miss Cakes can happen. Like when you leave your tasty cake pecan swirl on the kitchen counter in your hurry to get out the door. Miss Cake. Or you settle for stale cereal. Miss Cake. Or you grab a banana you think is fresh, then wonder, why all the fruit flies? Miss Cake. If it's not Tasty Cake, it's a Miss Cake. Because nothing satisfies like gooey cinnamon rolls or sweet and soft powdered sugar mini donuts. Tasty Cake, except no substitutes. Before we get to like this most recent episode and whatnot and, and everything like that, there's a couple earlier on in the season incidents I want to mention and just get your take on. So the altercation between you and Theo, okay, where <laughs> right. you kiss him on the mouth. <laughs> All right. So I think you licked his lips. No, I think it was yeah. like a pet. It was like a pet. You kiss him or you lick his lips? I, I licked his uh, face and then his lips. Oh, you got two, you got two in there, huh? I got two kinky in. Bastard. I was I was a lucky boy that night. I was okay. a lucky boy. Yeah, right. kinky save it, save it for OnlyFans. But okay, so <laughs> what? No, what? What? Like, oh. look, how heated was that uh, in the moment? And when you when you did that, you know, watching it play out after the fact, do you think? I mean, what, do you regret doing that? Do you think that was setting a bad example? Do you think, you know, do you guys have sort of, uh, you know, a wink and a handshake relationship to the point where, you know, maybe it was more of a, a joke than it played to us? Because to me, like, you know, you know, Theo is on the podcast and said that's something where if you, you know, you do that in the streets to somebody, you're going to get hit. Were you ultimately trying to get him to, to put his hands on you and get him kicked out of the game? What went behind that move? Is that like the most you could do at that point? Mm, so 
there's there's a lot that goes into that. One hundred percent, that's a move. Um, that if you do in the street, it's on site. Like you, like you're not getting out of it. That has, uh, you know, uh, in my younger, uh, definitely more stupid years, that was 100% a tactic that I always used to get the guy to swing first and then handle the business. And then when people were like, well, what happened? I'd be like, I didn't do anything. He just started swinging at me, you know? Um, yeah, because that's an instant reactionary slap, at least a slap yeah. to the face, at least just to get the fuck off of me. And you with, deserve a slap in the face for doing that. A big a, slap. A big slap, a, Without Polly. a doubt. But okay. I was, I was, with you. Dude, I was, I was ready. I was ready for, uh, for you know, my jaw was clenched for, after that. I was like, I was like, it's, it's, it's You're ready. I was like, it's happening. I was like, it's going to happen. But no, honestly, like, <laughs> I think, um, you know, my thing with Theo is, uh, it, you know, there's Theo, uh, 95% of the time. And then there's Theo, uh, when he gets like too much to drink in him. And, uh, and he like, you know, that was in the wake of like, you know, you saw that scene where Jordan and I, we were just messing around wrestling in the, in the wrestling room or the workout room. Like we were just wrestling around. Um, you know, and like, I'm just sitting there shadow boxing with Idris and Turbo and he starts going at me for no reason. At first, I'm, like, just joking around with him, being like, dude, like, I mean, me and you could, like, wrestle if you want. Like, we could just go to the grass or, like, we could go in the room. Like, me and Jordan did it. Like, it's all good. Like, I have fun with this stuff, man. Like, I'll teach you a few things. And then uh, and then he took it he took it overboard with um, with certain comments where I'm like, oh, come on, dude. Like, me and you were, like, me and you were homies. Like, we're on opposite ends of the 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 team uh, you know the spectrum here when, when it comes to uh alliances but um you know everybody tries to do it. i mean look you can't say like i have everybody in the house trying to trying to provoke me to swing at them on a daily basis whether it, it gets shown or not daily basis in the past two seasons war of the world's one especially like when everybody saw what was going on with the dailies you know and then this season because it was so like you know, like when you, when you resort to your last bit of, um, like when your back's against the wall, like you try and you do anything, you know what I mean? And that's what he was doing at that point. And then I sat there and I was like, well, I see what you're trying to do. So I'm going to see if I could do it better and see if I could get you to do it. Um, and then we both ended up being like, we're idiots. We, uh, both licked each other's faces, um, in order to try and get each other swing. Um, and then, and then, you know, we're sitting like, I, like, I remember like literally later that night, him and I are sitting there, um, you know, looking at each other, sitting down on the couch. And I was just like, I mean, I see what all the hype's about, Theo. Uh, you know, I, I understand why the girls go crazy because you got a sweet mouth. <laughs> and then he starts, you know, cracking the jokes at me. So it was kind of like one of those things where it's like in the moment we did it. And afterwards we were like, we, are idiots and that is gonna go down as one of the stupidest looking fights in challenge history i was like because like we're sitting there yeah we're like yeah if that was on the street we would totally fight each other i'm like but it's not on the street and we both held our composure and did not swing at each other so now we're just gonna look like we were kissing each other uh which is gonna look stupid even more stupid than kyle coming after me and pigtails and me coming after him in guy liner so oh, i mean I'm I'm two for two with solid solid you know beefs 
uh, in my seasons of the challenge. Do you think, uh, look, try, try to take yourself out of it for a second. Cause I think a lot's been talked about this season in particular because of the whole turbo thing. And I think, uh, and also, uh, survivor recently had a, uh, an issue that I don't know if you are any aware at all recently about co- sort of, uh, un, uh, unsolicited touching on a different level, not on a fighting level, but just a guy who gets a little mm-hmm. too handsy there. But, but I think, you know, the reality shows end up being, you know, you sit back and you watch them and you wonder like, oh, what kind of an example is this setting behavior wise? What should or shouldn't be allowed within the confines of the rules? And, you know, taking the fact out of it that you and Theo kind of laughed it off the next day, you know, do you think that, you know, obviously you're not allowed to hit someone. You're not allowed to like put your hands on someone. Do you think that, you know, kissing someone on the mouth who doesn't want you to should be allowed and that should be in that gray area or should that be just as bad as hitting them in the face? You know, take yourself out of it. Like, would you like to know that someone did that to Kara and didn't get sent home? Um, taking myself out of it. And now this has happened months ago. Um, you know, and I'm actually in a much different place, uh, you know, where, when it comes to looking at uh, a lot of things, when it comes to this game, um, in my head, uh, the past couple seasons, I have used, um, stuff like this as tactics in order to wind people up. Um, you know, on top of all the smack talk I do on top of, uh, every calculated action that I do when it comes to the game. Um, when it comes to this stuff, uh, I am 100% um, taking a complete 180 on it. Um, for there's lots of reasons why, but you know, for the reasons of just for what we're talking about, uh, game game related wise in the game and, and viewing wise, is um, because yeah, at the end of the day, it's a reality TV show, but uh, we are setting an example for people who watch, um, you know, whether, whether you got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I mean, am I really trying to get my good example from watching a reality TV show? That's on you. But I think that we, um, who compete in this can do a better job. And I specifically want to make it a point with myself, uh, to do better, not just on the field, quote unquote, uh, by like setting a better example, but also off the field, uh, when it comes to social media and all that stuff, because we are setting an example, uh, for people. And, um, you know, if the roles were reversed and I was winding somebody up and they licked me in the face, I would laugh it off. Um, but then again, I've been in multiple situations where people have, uh, swung at me, hit me and not been kicked off. So, you know, it's, it's, it's six in one hands, two threes in the other. Um, I think that if there's going to be a rule, there's no, uh, middle ground. There's no fans or butts. Uh, for instance, if I were to, uh, throat chop Jordan, uh, the first time around the way that that happened, I would have been, you know, gone immediately. No second chances gone. Um, so I think if there's going to be a rule set in place, it needs to go across the board and it needs to like be set in effect where it's like, hey, you guys want to argue with each other? That's cool. Any touching, uh, and you're gone. Uh, you know, and like, and one of those things. Um, if that's the case, yeah. And I don't condone what I did. Uh, Theo and I were able to laugh it off, and you know, 
you know, even watching it back, it, you know, is freaking hilarious. Um, not in the sense of like that it happened that way, but you know, just looking at just knowing Theo and just being like, he's just a, he's just a goofball, you know? And, and, you know, this is, this is where we ended up getting to, um, you know, and him and I were friends, but I, if I were to look at it from a outside party looking in, I don't condone it. Uh, I'm at a different place, uh, mentally, um, where I think my approach to the game in the future is going to be way different than it has been. Um, because every season that I've come on, I've always, you know, it's my own problem that I always try and outdo myself, um, where I just gotta kind of be okay with where it's going. So it's like, you know, after War of the Worlds won, I was like, all right, I don't want to just be a one-dimensional uh, player where it's like, ah, oh, he's just a beast competitor. Um, you know, he's this, he's that. Uh, so War of the Worlds 2, I was like, okay, uh, you know, let me, the, the way this game is set up, let me see how I can be as a social gamer and a strategist and all that stuff. So I switched it on to show a different dynamic of me, and it gets overshadowed and overclouded by those moments. And, um, for me, I want to change that, uh, narrative because there's a lot of amazing things that go on, uh, not just in the game, but in life, not just with myself, but with tons of people, but things can get overshadowed. I mean, look at that game the other night. Uh, what was it? The Browns and, uh, Steelers. Uh, where, the you know, you have, you have the best, the best, uh, D lineman on the Browns. Um, Number one draft pick. Number, yeah, one draft. number one, number one draft pick, right? And this guy's uh, career may be completely screwed because he had one moment of uh, poor judgment and completely, you know, like the way uh, I forget who said it, put it, where like if that helmet didn't hit in the soft spot and didn't hit on the top of the head and hit that guy in the temple, he's dead. And like that, you know, that's real. Um, you and have I a think lot of players the, that that honestly are some of the best players of all time uh, at their position. Albert Hainsworth uh, and Dominican Sue, who when you hear the name, honestly, the first thing you think about is them stepping on a dude on the ground or you, you think about the dirty playing. That's sort of the first line of the, you know, uh, theoretical Wikipedia page. It's not the Pro Bowls. It's not the gameplay, et cetera. Right. Unfortunately, Paul, you also play in a game where, you know, that, that's almost, you know, it, it's, it's kind of funny because that's violent behavior that's not allowed in a game filled with, you know, sort of legal violent behavior. It's like, dude, just wait 10 more seconds. You get to hit the guy within the rules. You play a game well, where yeah. you're doing all this silent gameplay, waking up in the morning and the social gameplay. It's like that, unfortunately doesn't play well on TV. As you see, 99% of that got cut out of the show. You know, it's almost never going to get cut out of the show. Kissing a guy in the face, headbutting a guy, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You know? And that's the thing is I don't want my accomplishments in the show. And now I'm very aware that it's still early on in my career. But at this point in my career, I'm three seasons in, and I wouldn't even consider my first season a season because I spent most of it in redemption house. But I got 20 daily wins under my belt, which is a lot for someone that's only really done two full seasons. Um, and you know, like I just constantly want to get better and I want to break mile marks. You know what I mean? So like I look at the game where I'm like, all right, there's a record for most elimination wins. I want that. There's a record for most daily wins. I want that. 
There's a record for most final appearances. I want that. There's a record for most final wins, and I want that too. Um, and I don't want to be, you know, known for uh, the other stuff where it's like the first thing that pops into your mind is, ugh, remember when he did that? You know, or like, ugh, remember when he did that? You know, it's like, um, and that's and that's kind of like the awakening that I've had. Um when it comes to all this, because there, like you just said, there's some great players that get overlooked because the first thing you think about is some of the nasty shit that they do, which, you know, I'm sure Sue, um, I, how do you pronounce his name? Sue, Sue, Sue. Yeah. He's a monster. He's a beast. And I've watched, um, interviews with this guy where he's just a completely normal, brilliant human being. Right. But then he goes on the field and he's like, yeah, I'm just an animal and I want to instill fear in the people that I'm playing against. And, you know, after you plant somebody in the ground, stepping on their ankle, definitely instills fear in them, but the wrong kind of fear, the wrong kind of perception that you're trying to give um, out there. And uh, I see that now looking back on some of my actions uh, in the past three seasons now. Well, just to, just to chalk it up from, from my point of view and, and being these, in these, you know, you know, borderline gray area physical altercations on the show, some that I've seen, some that I, you know, had, that I've watched, you know, from, from my couch, uh, some that I've been a part of, like it, from my understanding, it's, it's a case by case basis, you know? And if these two dudes are going to go laugh about it afterwards and go, Oh my gosh, dude, you licked me and I licked you and we were in a fucking almost fighting each other and and can laugh about it it's like it, it's just water under the bridge is what it sounds like so um yeah you know, and and what it sounds like to you guys is like it, it almost hurt like I, I watched two of my friend's dogs lick my my buddy's face and his head and lick all the sweat off of him and i have no <laughs> idea why he was doing it but he was letting me record it and i was like these dogs, they're like licking his his lips I'm just like, this is, they're in his ear. I'm like, this is disgusting. What the fuck is this? (laughs) You know, and it just kind of reminds me of like, uh, at that point, a a laughable moment that I'll always remember because I've never seen that shit before. And I may never see it again. I mean, I could probably go by his house and ask him to do it again for shits and giggles. But like, (laughs) that's what it sounds like between you guys as opposed to like this, you know, cringeworthy, wherever we we can take it, Scott. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, the, yeah, it seems I mean, like you guys are after that. Yeah, I mean we're we're good, but I mean look, you guys know it all too well. I mean people are going to make a big deal out of a lot of things that I do, and I can totally see why. Um, and I think more people need to realize is that I understand when they're outraged. You know, I'm not sitting there being like, "Well, I don't get it." You know, I'm like, "No, I I get it. I know exactly what I'm doing when I'm doing it." You know, and, you know, I, in, in my head, I'm like, you know, at the time I got to be better in the moment. I got to bring myself back to when I was an athlete where, um, no matter what anybody was doing in the game, I was in complete control of, of my brain in those moments. And I never tried to do the little cheap shot things in order to do that. What I would do is I would stick them in a tackle or I, you know, I'd go to help them up and I'd be like, you want to keep talking shit, my man, we're going to do this all day. You know, like if it's a wrestling match and they're sitting there across the mat from me, smacking their heads before running on the mat, you know, first takedown I get, I'm dropping my chin in the, in, you know, in the back of their neck when the ref's not looking and I'm just being like, you know, Hey, you know, is that your girlfriend in the stands? You know, something like that. Like, 
And, you know, but there's always, like you said, um, Scott and Derek, there's always that, like, you can get them back in a physical way, you know? And, you know, unfortunately that next day it was the mud pit challenge and I didn't get picked to go in it. So I yeah. had to still sit there and fucking not do anything. Uh, uh, unfortunately, the reasons why we get picked to do these shows is because our emotions are a little out of whack and people like seeing us get a little, you know, discombobulated and do shit that you wouldn't normally see. All right. Let's get to some cool shit, Scott. Let's talk about this elimination. Let's talk. Let's give Jordan all the fucking accolades, okay? Um, let's talk about, you know, this swim. Did you, like, my question is, have you and Art, have you and Kara, um, talked about, you know, the swim or talked about what we saw on TV last night? And sort of, and Scott, you mentioned this last night in the war room and you said, alluded to the fact that, did you guys maybe argue after, or were you guys mad at each other after watching sort of that, that interaction between you two and you basically calling her out for not swimming at home? Um, so we, we never take anything, uh, from the show and we never take anything that is shown and, uh, bring it home. You know what I mean? Like we keep everything separate and we're like, the show is the show. Real life is real life. It is what it is. Um, this whole season, uh, you know, and uh, nobody really knows this other than the people close to Kara. Um, you know, she was contemplating uh, taking a break and not even coming on. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I was like, come on. I was like, you know, let's see the format. I was like, and. You know, it is what it is. If if we go home early, we go home early. If not, at least we're there. Um, and my whole thing the whole time, uh, you know, because she, she really didn't want to be there at all, um, is I was like, look, see the fun in this. See the fun in everything. Because, you know, I said, look, you don't got to worry about a thing. I'm going to take care of everything. Uh, you know, Cam, Kaylee, like, we got this on lock. You know, let's 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 do the damn thing. Like, you sit back. You relax. Don't worry about a thing. Um, you know, and if you got to go into elimination, like just be ready for it, handle the business, like, like the beast that you are and, and, uh, and do that. And, um, I just didn't understand the pressure with everything. And it wasn't even that she didn't swim at home because her and I, we swim at home. Um, I called her out because all season long, like we had done multiple swimming challenges and, you know, Yo, that's I a would, far swim. Yo, that's a far yeah. swim. It's a very far swim. And I, and I said, and I would just say to her every day, I'm like, you're a really good swimmer car. I was like, but you need to focus on your breathing. Like your breathing is what's going to get you into trouble. I said, and, and you panic every time you see a swimming challenge. I said, you, you got to embrace the swim and you got to just do it. And before that challenge even started, I mean, I didn't see last night's episode, but before that challenge even started, I mean, she's sitting there and she's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. How am I going to do this? I'm like, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And eventually it got to a point where TJ turned, turned to us and was just like, Cara, you're a two time champ. Suck it the fuck up. Wow. And then he was like, all right, guys, you ready? Go. And then we went and I told her, I'm like, look, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to try and coach you, but you got to listen. You can't panic. Just breathe. So we're going to go at our own pace. Just breathe. And, uh, she did, she wouldn't breathe. She was, she was screaming the whole time. I don't know what they showed or what they didn't show, but she was literally screaming the whole time. And I'm like, I'm like, you got to breathe. She's like, I'm breathing. I was like, you're not breathing. Cause you're screaming. I said, you got to breathe. 
like slow breaths, like when you're running, because that's how I taught myself how to control my breathing while swimming. I mean, you don't just become a good swimmer. Like you have to, I, I had to correlate it to running where I was like, all right, what makes me be able to keep my breath when I run? Oh, you got to slow your breath down. All right. Well, how do you slow your breath down when your face is in water? Oh, okay. This is the rhythm. All right, cool. So this, you know, like that, and that's what I was trying to get to. And then, you know, we didn't even argue after that. Like we went on stage on that stage and, you know, I was like, look, we have X amount of time. till probably before final, like, like there's no excuse. Go in a pool, go in the pool and swim. And, um, and that's it because, you know, she, she would come to me and a lot of the people would come to me and be like, Oh man, you know, Jordan's saying this about us. And I'm like, well, I come from the background where, where if someone's saying, Hey, Paulie, you're too slow. Uh, I'm not going to sit in my bed and cry about it. I'm going to go outside and I'm going to get the speed ladder and I'm going to work on some speed and agility. I'm going to get the bands. I'm going to do some uh, lifting that, that incorporates how to make myself faster. And then I'm going to go back to the person that said I was too slow. And I'm going to be like, who's slow now? So that's, that was my method of motivation with the, with a lot of the people who were having a problem with how Jordan was coming out. And first, the first thing I said to him, I was like, what makes you think that he's not mentally just trying to mess with you guys the way that I mentally mess with people? I said, he's very good at what he does. I said, he's very good at the competitive side, but he's also very good at the mental side. Uh, and I said, and from an athlete, I understand when I see another athlete trying to mentally break his competition. I said, and he's winning because he's in all of your heads. Like, like you guys can't go a conversation without talking about the guy. I'm like, but instead of sitting here and being like, oh man, I don't like how Jordan tells us we're bad at things. I said, why don't you go outside and get better at the things he's saying you're bad at? And that was, um, that was my main thing there. But honestly, like, I don't have time to argue. I'm in the game. I pulled her up on the dock, said what I said. That was it. I was like, all right, once these pieces get back, I need to solve this locked in, solve the riddle. And then boom, hugged everybody. Um, and, uh, and went from there, you know, and then went to have the conversation with Carl because it was, it was just a constant battle all season and just be like, Hey, be, be positive, like, you know, be happy. You're here. You might as well have fun with it. And, you know, you got to realize you made the decision to come here. Like if you wanted a season off, that was your call, but you made the decision to come here. So just make the best of it. You know, like there's people here that love you, you know, Kaylee's here, uh, Cam's here. I'm here. Leroy's here. We're all here. We all love you. You know, we, we got your back, you know, and we believe in you and you're, and at the end of the day, you're Cara Maria, like, two-time challenge champ, you know, if you want to count like the champs for star stuff too, she's got more challenge championships. She's been to how many finals? She's got how many elimination wins? How many daily wins? You know, like I, like I wanted to try and find that inner, um, car Maria that is like, yeah, yeah I'm fucking here. Um, uh, yep. Where did I start breaking up at? Uh, uh, Cara, basically Cara you were, yeah. you were, uh, giving a hall of fame introduction for Kara and then Let, you kind of got cut off. No, you yeah. were like, let's, where's the, you were like, where's the two time, two time yeah, champ Cara Maria at? That's Where it. Like I, I is, wanted, is Jordan really weighing on you this much? Are I you mean, letting look, Jordan take you down like this? Where are you? Wake up. But that's what I'm saying. He's good at that. And like, that was my only explanation to her. And like the other, the other girls, like, you know, like Ninja, Ashley, all these people, I'm like, look guys, I'm like, I'm doing the same thing to all these other people on the other side. <laughs> I said, he's just doing it to you guys. I said, I said, you guys got to realize I was like, he's playing the same game 
as me. I said, only thing is, I'm like, you know, I'm like, you guys are letting them get to you. I was like, when, what do you guys have to worry about? I was like, you know, like I'm, I'm going to keep throwing them into eliminations. I was like, so what's, what's the matter? Why are you so fixated on him saying that you're not good? I'm like, car, you, you've proved yourself. Ninja, you've proved yourself. Ashley, you're a two-time champ. Cam, you're, you're a beast. I'm like, what, you know, I mean, well, Cam, that was never bothered. Cause Cam's just unbothered. She's, she's on another level of like just natural confidence and all that stuff. But like, I, like I wanted the car Maria that is like, you're saying this to me. Fuck you. I'm going to fucking do this motherfucker. Like that's, that's what I wanted. And, uh, you know, like I'm trying to pump, trying to pump these people up. You know, I'm like sitting yeah, there I'm like, hey, guys, let's, let's go. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm interested in hearing, you know, I, I believe a, a lot of our Twitter questions, Scott, you could probably pull one up. Something that has uh, deals with how are you able to sort of, stay balanced or, or, or keep some sort of like a, a professionalism or a friendship with a guy like Jordan, who's like constantly beefing or it looks like he's, you know, not doesn't shy away from, you know, saying something negative about your girlfriend. Um, you know, how, besides going, oh, I'm just going to keep throwing you in and laugh about it. Is, is there more? How do you, how do you deal with that? You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, I think I'm at a point where I know that there's going to be people who are going to constantly come at me and there's going to be people who are going to constantly come at Cara. And if you give an, and what I've learned and now mind you, it's taken me some time, but like what I've learned is that if you give a negative reaction to a negative situation or a negative comment, um, it's not like magnets, right? It's not going to be a positive, um, you know, outcome, you know, I mean, sorry, not, not magnets, not like math where, you know, you take a negative and negative, and, you know, all of a sudden it's positive. Like that, ain't, that isn't how this works. Um, it's, uh, if you fuel negativity with positivity, um, you can hope that you will get positivity out of it, or at least you will burn out the flames of the negativity. Um, and if you fuel negative with negative, you're only going to get more negative and you're going to fan the flames of that. Um, my thing is, um, I have, I have a relationship with, uh, Tori. Um, I, I've known her since before final reckoning, close friends with her. Tori and I tried to get Jordan and Carr to make amends this whole season. Uh, they couldn't do it. I don't know what reasons. I don't know why. Um, but that, uh, just through mutual friends, you know, like, uh, like, uh, one night in Manhattan, like, uh, my boy Corey, uh, knew Marie and Nicole Zanata and Tori ended up coming out. Uh, and I met all of them there. So like, I mean, I've known Zanata for a long time, but then that's where I first initially ever met Marie and Tori. And then I, you know, I just kept a relationship with Tori cause I was like, Oh, you're awesome. You live in New York, like, you know, you do this, like you, you like dance, you like do all this stuff. Like, and she's just a really cool, genuine person. And she doesn't seem like the kind of person that, um, partakes in this, uh, this negative sphere that is like, um, MTV social media specifically. Um, so like my answer, uh, in terms of cordiality is, uh, you know, eventually somebody has to be an adult. Uh, and if I'm sitting here, you know, 
being genuine, you know, because I'm not being disingenuine when I say that I think Jordan's a great competitor um, or when I say that I got love for Tory, uh, or when I say somewhere, you know, I try, you know, something that's gotten me in trouble in the past is I always try to appeal to why somebody acts a certain way. Um, and I can understand maybe why Jordan is the way he is. Um, you know, I mean, the kid, kids grow, probably grown up getting, um, hammered his whole life, uh, you know, for his, for his disability, you know, and that probably put a chip on his shoulder and probably made him hardened and, and no excuses and all this stuff and, and all that. And, um, you know, so if he sees somebody that he feels as though isn't what they appear to be, he's going to call them out for it. I'm the same way. Um, are there times where I'm just as vicious as he is where I call people out? Yeah. Um, are there times where I'm a little bit more settled? Yeah. I'm trying to learn to be better. Um, but ultimately him coming at Cara, well, I mean, I do my talking on the field. So, you know, as long as he doesn't disrespect her in my presence, like, what am I going to do if it's in a confessional? I mean, he was never disrespecting her in front of my face because I had a conversation with him being like, dude, man, if you disrespect Cara, then that means that you're disrespecting me. I said, I would never say shit about Tori, not just out of respect for her, but out of respect for you. You know, and I said the same stuff to Zach. I'm like, dude, I would never disrespect Jenna out of respect for you. So if you guys disrespect my girlfriend, that shows the level of respect you have for me. And then we got a problem, you know, but I can't control what people say on social media and I'm not going to feed fire to a social media war. Um, I've had multiple talks with Jordan even after the season. So yeah, this is airing where I'm like, dude, can you and Cara squash the beef so that me, you, Tori and Cara can kind of group together and like provide like a positive front on social media where it's like, we could be enemies in the game, but we can show a positive United front that it is just a game. And then when we go back to the game, yeah, come after us. We'll come after you too, but something needs to change. And me jumping back and doing whatever isn't going to bring about that change. Um, no. And that's just, that's that. Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece chicken McNuggets, juicy quarter pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. This season, I think, has been, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe an oversimplification of it, but a, a kind of a tale of, of two couples here in Jordan and Tori kind of having their backs against the wall for the majority of the season, getting engaged, I think getting a lot of positive reinforcement from a large percent of the internet, and then some negative from, I think, more the people that are kind of naturally fans of, say, you and Cara. Um, you and Cara, on the other hand, having a very good season, powerful season from a social dynamic standpoint, neither of you ever having had to go up against the lim- in an elimination, having your backs up against the wall. Um, but, you know, again, being on the flip side of the 
Tori and Jordan thing and you and Kara thing. Um, this kind of came to a head during the proposal when Kara has that comment that I think the crew, uh, the uh, future, hopefully Emmy nominated crew of the challenge picked up very nicely in close up form. Both of you well mic'd where Kara kind of leans over and makes an offhanded comment during the middle of the proposal. You kind of shut it down, let her know, hey, that's not the time for that. Um, and then shortly thereafter, you attend the engagement party. Kara doesn't. I think that was, I think, this season, you know, as close as you're going to come to the four of you going head to head, you never really compete against each other directly. But that, I think, was everyone's moment to pick a side here. And that was the week or two where I think the Kara fans and the Pauly fans were going to Tori and Jordan, or maybe retroactively. And then also the Tori and Jordan fans really anti-Kara in that moment, thinking that she was super petty there. You came out of that looking, I think, a little bit better than her because you do go to the party, you do stand up and say, hey, that's not the time for that. Um, can you take us back to that moment? What was going through your head? And I clearly you have a lot of respect for Jordan. You have a lot of respect for Tori. Clearly, Kara had very little for them in that moment. What was it like being in the middle of that? Um, look, I, I've been saying it for a very long time that I separate the game from real life very well. Um, not to pat myself on the back, but probably better than most that do this. Uh, you know, I give credit where credit's due. I try my best not to take uh, cheap shots, even when I am provoked um, to say and do it. Uh, I'm not perfect, but I am working on it every day. In this moment, um, I... You know, I, I believe in, um, I believe in marriage. Um, I believe in creating a family. Um, I believe in leaving behind a legacy. Um, Car has been very vocal. I mean, for a very long time that she is anti all those things. And now she's starting to slowly, you know, reconsider, um, that. And now I can, I'll never be able to speak to Car's history with, uh, Jordan. Um, and I'm not going to judge her for her comments. Uh, I can say I disagreed with it. I don't agree with it. Um, but if you're going to be happy for Jordan and Tori, be happy for Jordan and Tori. There's no reason to attack Kara. Um, especially if she's locked into game mode and now she's finally like, you know, uh, getting back at all the people that, you know, in her mind have always come after her. Um, do I think there's a place in the time for that? 100%. But what everybody needs to take a step back and realize is, uh, Cara has grown up on reality TV, uh, since she was 24. And what I have learned from just being emerged in this is that a lot of the people that have been emerged in reality TV for 10 plus years, um, they, they, they think a little differently and um, and that's the only way I could really put it where it's like I was able to be a mature adult in that moment um, only because I spent most of my 20s in the real world before ever being exposed to what reality TV was. Um, and, you know, when when you're in a climate and an environment where it's almost like commonplace to like make comments like that and for it to be okay, depending on who says it. Um, 
you lose sight of the moment. And I think that, uh, that was a point in the game where it's like, you know, take a break for a second, take a breath and, uh, realize where it's at. Um, and what people also have to realize is this is, you know, car has gone multiple seasons all the way to the end. She ain't getting no early exit since, uh, uh, before dirty 30. So like, I mean, just for me, doing the seasons that I've done, I'm sitting there being like, man, I don't know how you uh, do that or how you did that, you know, going dirty 30 vendettas, final reckoning, uh, war of the world's one. And now making it this far in war of the world's two. I'm like, Hey, you know, like that's impressive. Um, chance versus it, stars. Yeah, yeah. Chance versus stars, all that stuff. Like, yeah, that comment, uh, does not define who Kara is. Um, I think that comment was just a moment, a momentary, uh, slip in judgment. And I think that not attending the engagement party was also, uh, the same thing. And, you know, if, if anybody knows, uh, Cara, right, you know that she's stubborn, right? So she's going to be set in her ways and she's, she's, uh, not going to see that something's wrong unless it's explained in a, in a different perspective, you know? So you're not going to convince Cara to think what she did was wrong by attacking her, you know? Like, if you were to try and bring the logic to it, she's going to sit there and be like, oh, I could totally see this, you know? And um, I don't know. Like, that that's just, that's just one of those things where I'm always going to separate the game from real life uh, because – I don't like when it's done to me, you know, like I, I think that a lot of my castmates take a lot of the things that happened in the game out on me way too personally when it comes to social media and when it comes to their interviews and when it comes to all the stuff where 95% of the time I'm just there having fun. I'm just competing. And, uh, you know, once you look at it like that, like it is what it is. Like, so I can look at it like, all right, yeah, you guys have your history, but at the same time, you're both competing both may hate each other and it's like i go back to the the thing that i said earlier somebody's got to be the bigger person somebody's got to be the adult and if you got Kara and jordan both sitting there being like well why do i got to be the bigger adult well why do i got to be the bigger adult you're gonna get nowhere somebody's got to be the bigger adult and um you know i hope that jordan and Kara can um can come to a common ground because you know it's a because shame. you can't go to the wedding by yourself bro Cause you can't yeah, go. To the- I'm not trying to go to the wedding by myself. You know, I need, I need my date there, you know? And like, that's just going to work. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like that's it. And, and I feel like I had a hand in that engagement. And, you know, I said to Jordan and Tori, I said, I better be invited to the wedding because you can't tell this story to your kids without having to mention my name on how it happened. Yeah. Like, I, so. Yeah. I was the reason why you went in and, in the yeah. and gave exactly. you the that you were going to, Go again. Yeah. I, I gave you Theo. I saw I, it was a hammer elimination. I knew yeah. you had it in the I, bag, bro. I, I threw you in. With Zach, I knew all that. I knew you were gonna be <laughs> Theo. Like it's fucking all me. Anyway, no, I'm joking around. Uh, no, but um, no, I, I this this conversation is for another day. Whether you know people should take breaks or whatnot. Like you know, CT for example has also not stopped. You know what I mean? He's he's also has been a force. On top of that. Uh, just to put icing on the cake, he actually did get married in between Champs versus Stars, the ending of that, the final reckoning, Vendetta's, 
World Worlds, World World Worlds too. He got married at some point again. Um, but it, you know, he's been trucking away too. You know, and still, yeah. interestingly, you know, picking the right sides in the game, still in the game with you guys. You know, so you know, does CT take a break? Does Car take a break? You know, it's like. <clears throat> Where was everybody well, at? CT, no. Well, CT did take a break before um, he came back on Invasion. So so he he 100%, like, I, I, everybody's taking a break at some point or another, and I think it, it just got to the point where um, knowing uh, what Kara has come from and knowing what she's been through, um, I think she got to a point where she's like, you know what? I'm going to just keep out doing myself, you know, or keep trying to outdo myself. And then, you know, it's like, uh, it, it, what's that Harvey Dent quote where it's like, you know, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Uh, I think that she, I think that she, uh, got to a point where she is now seeing herself live long enough to become the villain. And, um, I think that she, I mean, I know personally, and I'm not going to speak on it because it's our personal lives, but I know that she's taking great strides to, to, you know, like see the fun in everything and see, you know, cause like ultimately, like I love having fun. Like if I lose, I'll sit there, I'll shake hands with the person who beat me. I'll be like, yo, you got me. I'll see you next time. You know, which is why I just don't like seeing like these other people who have went home. Like, you know, now they sit back on Twitter and they laugh when other people go home. It's like, guys, we all do the same thing. We all do the same thing. Stop discrediting people who are good competitors, you know, just because you got the raw end of a stick on a season. Like that could be me on a season. I could be sitting there going into every elimination. I'm not going to sit there and play victim. And uh, I'm not going to sit there and uh, and tweet at people who might be getting hate because, you know, all of a sudden now it's like, oh, they're all ganging up on him. I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, that's right, you bullies. I'm going to sit there and be like, yeah, it's part of the game. It was my, you know, they had what they had. They kept throwing me in. Uh, it's not a scared game. It's a smart game. They just figured it out because I'll tell you what, if the numbers were in everybody else's favor, they'd be doing the same thing to me. You know, I'd be going against my friends. First, it would have been, uh, you know, uh, Joss, that it would have, you know, then it would have been Rogan if I made it through that. And then it would have been whoever was my next one after that. I mean, to be honest, I think they were trying to team me up to go against Turbo because Turbo and I were the closest friends, you know, especially after, uh, Josh, uh, did what he did. So, and like they're sitting there being like, okay, Turbo, good competitor, Paulie, good competitor. Uh, if we can figure out a way to get them against each other, great. Let's do it. Right. And so like, who wouldn't want? that because you're guaranteed one good person goes home yeah and that's the strategy that's always been the strategy in all these team ones which is why i'm not really a fan of the team format but it's like you know you can't hate me for getting stuck in a redemption house that was the format i just learned the game and i've figured out a way to make it to the end you can't hate me for it being a team season where politics and strategy is involved i just figured out the game well, you, you, you figured it out. You got the numbers on your side. It's essentially become a big brother game. I, I, it looks like to me, you know what I mean? Because when all you got to do is just basically call the shots or, you know, it's like it, you know, it kind of, you know, the, 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 the daily challenges become a little bit more discredited. Uh, not so much 
with, with the purge. And I kind of want to get into these purge challenges because last season we saw you go out on a purge. And I kind of want to get into a little bit or I want you to speak on uh, the emotions of going home early. I've gone home early uh, a, a few times, more times than I even want to talk about. But I know that raw emotion. I know how much it hurts. You're still talking about how you fell on your neck from a season ago and, you, and your neck is still fucked up from it. I want to talk about a few of the guys that that that, that cried this episode. And those emotions of like, I'm so close to the end. I can feel it. I'm working as hard as I can in these physical competitions. The mental part of this game is absolutely fucking draining. In Leroy's case, he's got, he's got his girl, Cam, um, her, her, her stay on the challenge in his hands. She's beating him in the swim. D's beating him in the swim and he could potentially go home. On the flip side, you got a guy like Joss. Who's literally getting, you know, who's literally getting, um, you know, just shit on for not keeping Georgia around, you know, when it was a whole, the whole team, you know, the whole alliance that kind of made the move. He was just, he was just, you know, the, the guy that had to do the final stab in the back or the front, whatever you want to talk about, however you want to put it. Then you got a guy like Josh who played a pretty good game. Probably had an elimination that he should have won with the two, you know, say what you want. Jordan's a superhero. He does it better than most people with one hand. He did it. But Josh, with the two hands, I'd like for you to eventually explain and and save Josh for last for us and get into the elimination round with Jordan. But I want you to talk about, you know, these emotions that these people are going. We had three dudes cry today, you know, last night. You know, like... Here's the thing. Um, it's hard uh, to want to show your emotions in in this day and age because you just get ripped apart for it. You know, and like it, what I see is it's like, you know, like people taking uh, the pictures of Josh crying, castmates, you know, and they just keep reposting it as a meme. Like, are you like, I, I'm sorry, but like. These are real, raw emotions. Like people are putting their heart and soul into this mm-hmm. thing, you know what yep. I mean, while you're there. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sit there and cry and be like, oh, you know, I should have, I shouldn't have went home. But then at the same time, that gives you the right to then gang up on someone on social media. To me, that's, that's just weak and that's poor sportsmanship. Um, cause it sucks. And, uh, it, it was just part of the game, like keeping keeping anybody around. Like it just didn't fit into. There's so much more that goes into what you're seeing. The reason why we decided to pull the trigger on Georgia had nothing to do with Georgia. It had nothing to do with Georgia. The reason why we pulled the trigger on Georgia is because I thought five steps ahead and I said, "Oh, I caught wind that Jordan and Tory want to switch sides." Well. If if uh, I said, you know, you guys can throw Nani in, which is what they're expecting you guys to do, if you throw Nani in or throw Ashley or whatever. But, like, I said, why would you throw Ashley in? She's with us. So if you throw Nani in, all right, cool. But then Tori switches, and now you guys are less in control on your side. And then if we throw Jordan or Josh in, you guys are in even more less control on your side. Right? Um, so – that was thinking five steps ahead of like, oh, well, what's going to be the best option? A trade. 
a trade one for one on each side is the best option scenario for this to keep you guys safe on your side, me safe on my side. I had to have so many conversations with so many people on a regular basis because the girls on the American team were like, well, we need a buffer on our side. So we need to always have Nani safe uh, for that last second elimination that we need. And I'm like, I'm like, no, trust me. She's the buffer. I got it. I got you. But then on the UK side, they also wanted the buffer. So there's so much more that went into this than what is being shown where, you know, when you talk about how I went to work every morning, yeah, I went to work every morning. I had conversations, but I also sat down in with my notepad. And instead of writing funny jokes for my interviews, I was writing down all the possible scenarios that can play out because to me, like, if you, if you don't naturally got it in the interviews, like, you know, and you can't really do whatever, if you're, if you're there on set writing your jokes for your interviews, are you really locked into the game? Or are you just worried about being a TV character? And, and that's where a lot of my castmates, they sit there and like, in my personal opinion, a lot of these people just want to be on TV. They want to be famous and that's it. You know, and then they just they 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 praise themselves when they're getting a lot of social media love. They slam the people who are getting social media hate. And then when they're getting the hate, they turn around and they're like, but I'm just a person like empathize with me. And that's where I'm like, no, we can all just be better social media. Josh was crying because he just got purged potentially right before final. Lee Ward was crying because. He almost uh, cost Cam a spot in the game. Josh was crying because he went home on a purge on War of the Worlds 1, then was considered a joke for the rest of War of the Worlds 1, and then came onto this season, made it as far as he did to go home. Now, mind you, uh, you know they didn't show him uh, not able to do the, uh, the challenge that CT uh, threw because – you know, he like there's things that Josh is good at and there's things that he's not good at. Like he's a great swimmer, right? Would somebody want to go against him in a reverse tug of war? Um, probably not. Would somebody want to go against him in a regular tug of war? Probably not. Right. But is he agile? No. Is he fast? No. Um, you know, so like there's certain things that he can and can't do. Can he climb? No, not really. But like, you know, they're, they're obviously, you know how the game works. Like people who go home, they end up, you know, you got to get your moment. You got to get your moment in the show where it's like, oh, man, I'm really rooting for this guy or girl. And, oh, man, they went home. I can't. Like, people watching, you need to understand that the producers of the show are very, very good at their job. Like, that's why you guys watch it, you know? And, like, if you weren't able – if they weren't able to pull that raw emotion from people, they wouldn't be good at doing the jobs. And they're really good at do, doing the jobs. So, like, but my thing is people are attacking – and I just want to say this for all my castmates out there to listen, that if you ever feel like you're getting a lot of hate, just remember that the people who are the most vocal make up less than 10% of the viewership, right? And the stats go with this. I mean, look at any post that's going on on, you know, on any challenge post or any of this or anybody talking about things, right? You know, you're talking about the 10% of the very vocal people, right? Cause most normal people are just going to sit, watch the show, turn to their wife or husband and be like, eh, I think this person's a dickhead. All right, that's it. Time to go to bed. And that's it. Right. There's a small percentage of people who are very vocal online. So it may feel like the world is coming down on you. It may feel like it's hate. It's hate. It's hate. It's hate. It's hate. It's hate. 
But realistically, you have to be strong enough mentally to know that they're not speaking for the majority. And that's, and that's just how I honestly feel about the whole situation. But I also feel as though castmates perpetuate the hate. And I think that that is something that needs to change, right? Like if you lose in a game, you lose. Be a good sport about it, right? It's like, you know, I've got stuff on castmates where if I wanted to, I could slam them. But what good would that do for me? How would that make me look as a human? I know things that get left on the editing floor that protect certain people with their edits, you know? And like, what good is that going to do me? A, that's going to possibly ruin somebody else's life. B, it could potentially ruin me or hurt my life because then, you know, I get in trouble by my bosses, which is essentially Butamur and MTV. So like, why as a group can we not just come together and be like, we can change the hate? MTV and Buna Murray do their jobs in terms of editing the show, making it watchable, making people want to watch this. We can do our jobs by showing up, competing, being nice and respectful to each other on and off the field. If you want to talk smack and do that, cool, but don't take it personally. I watch this show back, and when I see people in their interviews talking smack, I'm laughing because I'm like, this is entertaining as hell. I'm like, this is great. I love it. You know, and I can show up and, and shake hands with anybody that has been against me or that I've been against. And I wish that more of my castmates took that same mentality uh, with things. And and when people are going through real raw emotions, I mean, look, how would Georgia feel if people started slamming on her because she got heat stroke in a final? She got heat stroke. She has no control of them. The girl's in phenomenal shape, but she got heat stroke. That is uncontrollable. Professional athletes have been dying due to heat stroke, which shows you that it doesn't matter what shape you're in. Heat stroke can kill you. Like just, you know, because you're overexhausting yourself, right? Same thing happened to Ninja. Same thing happened to Maddie. That's not something to joke about. If people are upset about that, I fell on my head five to six times from 50 feet in the air, right? And at that height, falling into the water, when you have no control over your body because you're suffering from hypothermia, not to mention I dove in like an idiot because nobody told me don't dive in. I dove in head first from 50 feet because I didn't know how high it was, compacted my neck, you know, which was similar to like what happens when a boxer gets, uh, you know, uh, almost knocked out, had to climb. And then I'm spacey, space, 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 fell on my head six more times after that. You know, I'm grateful that I had a life vest on because the water was like five or six foot deep. Um, because if I didn't have a life vest on, I was probably going to go straight pencil dive down, snap my neck, you know, because I had no control over my body. Not to mention if I fell wrong, I could even snap my neck with the life vest on and the helmet. So to laugh at stuff that we're going through in a moment where you have no idea what we're putting our bodies through and what our minds are going through, I will never sit there and laugh at somebody <laughs> who is upset that they lost. That's just poor sportsmanship. Yeah. I know that these people give their, their blood, sweat and tears to be there. Yeah, that, and that's my point. That's my point. It, it wasn't to laugh at these guys. It was just yeah. to just it was it was just to. Um, like sort of highlight, you know, the, what we as competitors put into these games, to this sport, it coming to an end, so close to an end of like winning a championship at your sport, letting people down, you know, l- looking back at the things you fucked up or moves you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have made or that you could have made. And now you're just, now you're fucking going home after, after it all. So 
Um, I, I think that's a difficult part of this game, and I just kind of wanted to highlight how emotional sometimes things can get. Um, my last question is, and then we're going to do rapid fire from, from Scott's ways. I, we talked, I talked about this and, and gave my take in the war room, but I want to get your take. Someone that's, that was in there and watched this elimination between Jordan and Josh and how much this dude, um, I, I forget your quote has, has sort of basically in, impressed you, um, with, with this elimination. And then what would you have done differently to beat Jordan? Do you think you could have beat Jordan at this game? Um, so if the episode does this elimination zero justice, uh, in the sense of how long they were going at it and the, it, like people are just sitting there being like, it's amazing. Cause he got one hit you, they didn't show the system that he put together, which I sat there and watched it from up there. I'm like, this motherfucker paid attention in science class when they were going over pulley systems. <laughs> this motherfucker made his own human pulley system out of his, um, out of his, uh, hand and his hip. He mm. literally would, would sit there, um, uh, keep all the weight in his legs, which was brilliant, kept his hips back, brilliant. And he would literally, uh, keep his arm straight, uh, his, his arm with his disability straight push down and then immediately pull the slack and then clamp the rope on his hip. And, uh, in this, in like the first uh, round of it, Josh had the rope on his side, almost ready to win every other round. Jordan had the rope on his side, ready to win. And that was the most impressive part about it is that he created a human pulley system with his own body. Right. So you want to talk about brains, um, you know, he may not be able to solve a puzzle well, um, but when it comes to figuring out the strategies for uh, little nuances that 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 can win in an elimination or a daily uh, or even or even a final for that matter, like it, it was one of the most impressive things. Like he I, I, I remember sitting there that night and I was I, I said to Josh after the first round, I said, he's baiting you. I said, keep yourself low. You need to yank the rope. Uh, using just your arms and your hips, like you can't, um, lean back. You can't put your body weight into this. I said, I was like, he's going to bait mm. you. And he, and he literally baited him three times. The first time he did it, the second time was even more brilliant because, you know, I sat there and I was faked out up there. I'm like, I'm like, Oh crap, Jordan's about to fall. And then, uh, when Josh fell off and Jordan just stood up and did the little, uh, fisherman, uh, reel. I was like, oh my god! I was like, I was like, this is unbelievable. I was like, this is, I was like, he's literally uh, playing cat and mouse with him. And then for the third round, like talking smack and doing all that stuff, and then you know hyping Josh up, hyping Josh up, hyping Josh up, and then Josh just gives that yank, and then Jordan just goes, oh, third time, give me it, thank you. Um, the only thing I I I would do differently in that situation is I would sit there and I would just no, I would be like, I'd be like, this isn't about who's stronger and who can pull. Uh, the rope. This is a, this is about the strategy. And I know that Jordan's trying to bait me. So I would f need to figure out a way to secure the rope. And honestly, if I didn't have uh, a theory in my head, which honestly my theory would have been to kind of like, you know, step on the rope um, with my foot to make sure it's planted, um, you know, wrap it around my wrist, make sure that there's something that's planted. Uh, I would have just sat, you know, and, and waited 
for him to do it. And I would just got the rope inch by inch by inch. That was the only way to do it. Like you weren't going to win this elimination by like doing these monstrous pulls. Like it was all about once you got that rope tight, how you were going to inch it away. And the patient, uh, person was going to win that. And Jordan was the more patient, uh, person because he had to be, because that was his only strategy. Um, you know, but for me, I have to look at things the same way that Jordan looks at things because him and I are similar in size um, and, you know, similar in a lot of things when it comes to, like, agility, quickness, and that stuff. So it would have been the same strategy, only, you know, I would have had I would have had two hands, um, you know. But I, I appreciate when I see science being put into stuff, like my inner nerd comes out, and I'm just like, I paid attention too. Um, and it, like... <clears throat> I can't even do it justice, guys. I mean, it was like, it, I can't say anything I haven't already said. It did, was just one of one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Was but did, was Josh ever close to having all of the rope? In the first round, Josh had a lot of the rope and, on his side. And then, and then, and then the 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 one time where where Jordan sort of like let the rope go, like right. did he maybe? It let it go and then almost was it almost like uh, Josh didn't didn't hit the ground first? Was it ever that close? Because I saw at one point, man, he was he, he looked like he just kind of let let go of it, and then uh, you know, was it ever close? To like being a tie with one of those? Uh, no, it was never close. I okay. think uh, Josh's mistake was uh, that he was listening to everybody in the crowd. Uh, and you, you would know better than anybody else, D, um, you know, and something that I've just always taken with me from athletics is you listen to nobody other than yep. what's going on on the field. And if you have yep. a coach, you know, that's it, right? He yep. was listening to everybody. So you got people on stands when they saw Jordan do that little fake out on the one leg, they're like, he's falling yank. And then he just was like, yank. And then Jordan yeah. was like, bye. Like, when you're in those situations, you only you block out everything. You block out everything that's going on in the stands, and that's that's where he made the mistake. Do I think he's going to learn from it? One hundred percent. You know, and and it's it sucks to make it that close and then go home. But you know, I will give Jordan and Tori credit. Uh, you know, here's a little behind the scenes tea. Uh, they're the only two people who never came up to me this entire season to beg not to get thrown into elimination. So credit to Jordan and Tori, all their interviews match up with how badass they actually were in the sense of they knew they were going in. They said, fuck it. And they did it. Everybody else begged at one point or another, uh, whether it was shown on camera or not, they all came and begged and tried to plead their case to me. So that's why I laugh when I see these people going after other people where I'm like, come on guys, like you all begged at some point, like, come on. Like you, you didn't want to go into the eliminations. You just had to, because that's what you have to do. Nobody wants to go into eliminations, but when you're, when you're, when those are the cards you're dealt, it's like Wes in, um, in his first season, right? It's not that he wanted to go do all those eliminations, but once you are mentally prepared to know that you're going into every elimination, it makes going into the eliminations easier and you look forward to them. So, you know, the worst kind of eliminations to go into are when you get blindsided, Right. Because there's no preparation. But like if I was ever in a season where my back was against the wall and I'm like, yep, going to go into every elimination makes it easier to prepare because you're mentally like there's no butterflies. There's no nothing. 
you just go and you do work. Um, uh, we're running out yep, of time, but I, I, yep. I want to get to at least one listener question. Uh, however, <laughs> I, I feel like we, we, do rapid we actually, fire. tell him to, to go rapid fire. Tell him to go rapid fire. I don't think Paulie does rapid fire, but, but, no, no, we actually, we ended up touching on a lot of this stuff anyway, but Hannah wants to know, would you like to, or would you be cool with doing a challenge season without Kara? Um, her and I've talked about this a lot. Uh, Honestly, there's a lot of stuff that we're working on outside of this, uh, that we're growing. Um, you know, for obvious reasons, we don't publicly talk about it because, you know, every, uh, you, you got the people who are always going to look to, uh, down, you know, discredit stuff and, and try and make something fail. Um, you know, I think at this point, you know, regardless of how people depict the show, um, I'd like to think that I've established myself as my own challenger and my own person, my own competitor, uh, and I'll be leaving behind my own legacy, uh, on this show, uh, to think that it really shouldn't, should never matter whether Car and I are on the season together or alone because she's her own player. She's got her legacy and I'm creating my own. So even though we are a couple, we are two separate players and we play the game very differently um for the most part so you know i would never say i i I would want to do a season without her because you know it's my it's my significant other you know and um and having someone who feels like home around makes it a little bit easier um do i think i'd be able to be uh a little bit more reckless uh, if I'm not watching out for two people and I'm just watching out for myself where like, there's not going to be a repercussion for my repercussion for my action on her. Uh, yeah. But you know, if that bridge ever comes, her and I'll talk about it. Um, as of right now, like, you know, we enjoy going there, you know, and, and doing our thing and then rolling back. I know she wants me to go there by myself and do it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a case by case basis. You know, we don't, we never know where both of us are going to be mentally, um, before going on a show. And, you know, there might be a time where I'm like, yo, I need a break. And it might be a time where she's like, yeah, I need a break. Or it's like, hey, we both, you know, we don't know. But that's, that's all I'll say on that. Um, Philip says, was the reason that Josh was kept in the game so long by your alliance because he was being used as a layup for a pre-final purge or as an easy person to pick for an elimination right before the final? Um, I believe that's why the other alliance was keeping him close. Josh was actually my friend. Um, it's sad that uh, things have turned out the way that they did. Um, I do think that he, uh, has gotten brainwashed by, you know, a bunch of people on that side into actually thinking that they weren't making fun of him behind closed doors because they were. Um, and, uh, and, and that's that, I mean, like there's always strategy that goes into things, but I think he avoided eliminations as long as he did, because the other side didn't want to budge, you know, we didn't want to budge. And it was one of those things where it's like, kind of like the cold war, where, you know, the USA and Russia are looking at each other and, uh, and it's like, you know, is anybody going to fire? You know, is anybody going to do it? It's like, who wants to give up, you know, Josh first? Uh, and then, you know, finally got to a point where I was like, all right, finally, you know, we can just do this. 
Um, cause we weren't losing the USA team kept winning. So it's like, when were we ever going to, you know, we never lost on guy day. Um, let's see if we can get one more here from these guys. Um, okay. Well, that's it for the listener questions, but I don't want to let you go without addressing the elephant trunk in the room. Uh, tell us about this only fans thing. I keep hearing about people are always asking me about this thing that you do. And apparently you're making special offers for the holiday season and it's not my necessarily cup of tea. So Clearly, it's something that's a part of your life. Can you explain it to our listeners in layman's terms, what, what type of site this is, what audience it's for, why you do it, et cetera? Um, yeah, I don't really know what the audience is supposed to be for. Um, for me, I am trying to keep my Instagram as um, brand-friendly as possible, uh, not just for brands that might want to work with me, but also for myself as a brand. Um who with the things that I have in the works, like want to be taken seriously for certain things. Um, that kind of content is for like, you know, my underwear modeling photos, you know, that I no longer, uh, post, uh, anywhere, anywhere else. And, uh, people go and they subscribe and, you know, they get to see all that stuff. Uh, is it underwear? Is it no underwear? Is it the whole shebang? I joked about the elephant trunk, I, but, but I, I, truth be told, I don't know. Someone did once, I will say this, I won't name who it was, someone who was on one of our panels at a Challenge Mania Live, uh, either them or their wife, I forget, came up to me in the middle of a show and showed me on their phone what they claimed was your penis. Was this from the OnlyFans site? Is that what is, is part of the deal over there? And I just love to know, I mean, being someone who's like currently in a relationship, how does Cara feel about this? Cause I'm kind of fascinated by that dynamic of it and, and the idea that you could potentially like separate that whole thing. Yeah. From, uh, from well, I mean, look, unfortunately, uh, most of us, uh, have, have news on the internet from, uh, bitter exes. And whatnot. Um, so, uh, you know, that if there, if there's nudes of me on the internet, uh, that's where those are coming from. Uh, but, uh, as far as the OnlyFans stuff, I mean, Car is the, uh, photographer most of the time, you know, it's sexy. Ah, so she gets a royalty. You know? Yeah, it's, sec- it's sexy underwear photos. I mean, look, it, yeah, in this world, you have to have multiple streams of income. And I'm not going to disclose how much I make, but I'm in the top 1% of earners and creators in the whole website, you know, and I kind of feel like I like, I bridged the gap where like, I think what most people perceive only fans to be is just a bunch of, you know, very explicit videos where I'm kind of like, you know, this is, this is just me. I've done this. I've done this modeling before in my underwear. Like, yeah, of course you can see the definition of things, uh, through, you know, certain colored underwear, um, and whatnot. And like, you know, who hasn't seen my ass at this point, but um, what's your favorite uh, color under, what's your favorite color underwear? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm very partial to the gray. Okay. Well, that's right. how you, that's how you see what's going on I under just, there. You're wearing I just gray underwear. Sure, I just, I just yeah, wanted to make sure gray, I got that question out of the way. Challenge. You know, and the thing is, um, you know, it's like I said, the reason why I keep a lot of the other things that I do quiet is because I mean, look, it, I, I'm clearly posting stuff on a private, uh, thing. Right. I know how many people are on me or follow me on there. Um, you know, I know how much money it brings in every month. And trust me, these, you know, these holiday videos wouldn't be out there if there weren't people constantly messaging me to be like, 
Hey, I'd pay this much for, you know, what, what would you consider doing for this? And I'd be like, well, you're not going to, you know, th- this is what it is. I mean, I already did my November ones. They ain't all over the internet as much as people want to try and blast it out there. And, uh, and and do whatever so i mean laugh all you want but that's uh you know sometimes you gotta if you want to get ahead in life you know you have to have streams of income that supply yourself to to be able to do the things that you really want to do i mean ain't nobody yelling at strippers for you know dancing around in thongs you know like i i support them and i'm sure many 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 of the listeners here also support you know strippers so Everybody needs to stop sex shaming me and slut shaming me for having an OnlyFans because I feel I feel offended. Well, I think you started a trend. I think you've you've gotten more people from the the shows to to, to join. I think I even saw like an Idris, you know, mentioned something like that. Um, but anyway, so uh, I'm a trend starter, man. So I I gotta get going. Uh, I'm not gonna segue out of that where I'm actually going. Yeah, yes, I will. I'm going to pick up my child from school, <laughs> but I'm going hopefully, to hopefully that can stay private. Just like your your pictures and videos from OnlyFans stay Where private. Is that people, correct, here, let's plug it though. Let's plug it. You come on our podcast, you get a plug. Where can people find your OnlyFans? And I think you know everyone was having a little bit of fun at the expense of your holiday offer. But if anybody wants to take it up, take you up on it. What is this <laughs> holiday <laughs> offer? What what does it entail? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't really know what the holiday offer entails. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I mean, all I know is, uh, that they the make the rules, right? That That's what it is. They pay people, a thousand bucks. People, they people, make the rules. They, they, no, they don't make the rules. I make the rules. They make the request, right? They they can put the request out there and you can see, you can confirm with your photographer, whether it's something you feel comfortable with and they may or may not have their wish granted by Pauly Claus. Yeah, by Pauly Claus, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the check's still cash. So, uh, you know, I mean, everybody can do the math on the amount of videos that I'm offering for the price. Ho, so, ho, 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 Merry <laughs> Christmas. Ho, ho, you know, ho. Look, every, everything go. that I got, go. everything I'm that I got going on is, uh, everything that I got going on is in my link in my Instagram bio. It's right there. You know, you click on it. You see what it's all about, like you know. How do you see, feel, Paulie? How do you feel hypothetically? Because this is what I do. If there's a UFC fight, UFC fights like a hundred dollars now. I call up six buddies. I say, "Hey, everybody, let's throw together fifteen bucks each. We watch the UFC fight." Are you okay with knowing or not knowing if a group of folks decides to pool together to do your OnlyFan holiday special and kind of enjoy it together or separately share it? Is that breaking the rules or is that kind of a, you know? Uh, how do you feel about that hypothetically? I think this is breaking well, the challenge mania rules. Well, actually. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, fortunate for me, I have a very good lawyer that writes very good NDAs. And anybody that wants the uh, videos have to provide their actual names, their actual licenses, and all this stuff, and will be held accountable uh, for like hundred thousand dollars if uh, any private videos that are supposed to go to one person goes anywhere else. Mm. But they are full aware of that. But I mean, come on now. Mom and oh my God! Look at this. See that? Now that's cool. an element to this that I think is very important. 
Um, of course, somebody would be ridiculous to try to go public with it. But if you knew, like, say somebody was in a rough spot financially, two buddies want to do it for 500 bucks each and just kind of enjoy the holidays together, would you be okay in theory with that? If they weren't out to make money on it, if they were just out, you know, a couple friends, <clears throat> you know, maybe a couple, maybe it's a couple want to spice up their Thursday night or Friday night after Thanksgiving. They want to go in on yeah. it together. Are you okay with that, Paulie? <laughs> What you know, are I, we look, talking about if right people, now? If people want to spice up their relationships, guy, I'm all for it. You know, but I, unfortunately, I think uh, a lot of the people that you're talking about that tried to take a you know a knock at me or whatever, they're trying to get their hands on it for the wrong reasons. Uh, so that's why I have to put out there the repercussions for the wrong reasons because each video is unique, so it's very easy to track down which person did it. And uh, you know, once you once you sign your life away. You know, you better hope that you got the funds. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be putting your house up to the bank. It's basically, <laughs> I know? think, to, to, to oversimplify, it's kind of like cameo after dark, right? Is that what we're thinking of here? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like it's like cameo after dark. You know, it's, if you want to see something, I'm not going to give away what's in it because that's the whole lore. Oh, don't, I mean, are you kidding me? It's like ruining the finale of Game of Thrones. If you get don't, I, want, I don't even want you to give away what's going yeah, on. Yeah, we're not we're, we're not going to do that, Sky. Yes. You know, like I don't even I don't even know where this Challenge Mania podcast went. But yeah, you know, where are we? Well, Dean, we give people a chance. They come on our show. We want them to plug their vitamin business or their, you know, their documentary they're working on. And Paulie, I wanted him to give give him a chance to to plug his holiday special. Is that well, not you know, what we do here? Here's the thing. Uh, if you want me to plug things, come the new year, there will be plenty of things for me to come on and be like, hey, you guys really want to know what I've been doing in my off time? You want to know where the money from OnlyFans is going? Here, check it out. It's pretty sick. So that's where it is. Awesome, brother. Well, dude, thanks for coming on. And uh, hopefully, look, you still got, uh, I don't know how many more eliminations down the pike here, but the final looks like it's on the horizon. Uh, looks like you may or may not be a part of it, depending on how you and your uh, significant other here play your cards down the stretch. We'd love to have you come on and talk to us again after the final, uh, wherever your season does end, after the reunion. Uh, and we'll talk about this great year that you've had on these two seasons. Because I don't know if you know this, Paulie, come in the end of the year we got the challenge mania awards coming up i have a feeling you'll be playing a part in those uh in the nominations as well so dude thank you so much say oh, hi man. to uh Ms. Sorbello for us as well uh well thank you guys it's always a pleasure always thanks a pleasure. buddy talk right. soon man appreciate you dude bye there he is paulie calafiori Thanks to him, as always, for giving us almost two hours of his time. More to get to. He's got more season to play. And whenever his season ends, we will have him back on to discuss it. Um, I know he is looking to come back on to share his thoughts on the end of this season, the reunion, a lot of other stuff. So we'll be sure to bring that to you when we have it. As I said at the top of the show, we'll be in Chicago this weekend, but probably too late to get tickets to that, depending on when you're listening to this. In case it is not, Chicago Improv, Saturday, November 23rd, the roast of Mark Long. Get tickets to that and everything at ChallengeMania.live, including Nashville on January 25th. Less than 20 meet and greet tickets left, guys. Get on that. Miami, December 21st. Get on that, too. CT Tamborello. Maybe the only time we'll be on a Challenge Mania stage. Who knows? 
Tampa, Florida on April 4th. Tickets on sale first week of December. Thank you all. Really appreciate you. And on Thank You Patrons Week, Thank You Patrons Day, an extra thank you to our Challenge Mania patrons. Remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Shadow Yeager. He's at Derek MTV. That's where you can submit questions for the next podcast. And subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, Google Play, whatever you do to listen to Challenge Mania. Please give us a five-star review if you think we're a five-star podcast. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you in Chicago. All right, guys, this ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully we'll see you in the future. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. You've worked so hard for all the things you have the salary, the status, the success. And with that image, there's a drink. One to unwind, one to loosen up, one to take the edge off. But how do you know when a drink is more than just a drink? We get it. We can help. Karen's Grandview program has been helping accomplished people just like you regain their lives. Talk to us. Visit karen.org slash grandview.